0: Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot.
1: Tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball brought to you by RamShirts.com. The company that brought you Crust City Tees. RamShirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct-to-garment printing for small runs. And screen printing for larger runs, follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ramshirts. Visit RamShirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. I have a special announcement today. I want to introduce you guys to somebody, the new member of the Astros Baseball Podcast team, Michelle Neat. Michelle, welcome.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I am just so excited to be joining
1: so Michelle's going to come on, help me out, doing some shows. Uh, if there's times I can't do it, you know, she's, she's going to make an attempt to go solo and entertain you guys. But, you know, hopefully most of the time I'll be here. But I just want to, you know, she's going to help me search for uh, stuff to talk about and help watch the games. And we're just going to be awesome partners, Michelle. It's going to be awesome.
2: Absolutely, I see this uh, working out quite well. Tried to do uh, the podcast justice and the uh, Astros fans justice.
1: So we have a giveaway going on, ladies and gentlemen. It is the a free shirt from RamShirts.com, Crush City Tees, who is the sponsor of the show, as well as Dugout Mugs. You can win a shirt or you can win a dugout mug. All you have to do to enter is Astros baseball podcast at gmail.com and somewhere in the email, put the phrase let's go and you can win a dugout mug. Michelle, are you familiar with a dugout mug?
2: Yeah, I've been eyeing those for the longest time and they're, they're 70 bucks and that's just crazy expensive. So this prize is a pretty great prize. Um, i I thought it were me if I were eligible I would totally enter
1: yeah that's what I told Michelle in the uh I don't know I was going to say the pregame show but before we started recording she was talking about you know that that it's a very nice prize I have two of them and they're super cool and uh but I told her well too bad you're not you're not eligible now you're part of the team
2: No, I mean, as happy as I am to be a part of the team, a little bit heartbroken I can't enter.
1: All right, so we got a good show for you this evening on Michelle's debut. We're going to cover extending Carlos Correa. I know that's uh, big news here, Uh, a lot of talk. They were talking about players to extend on Major League Baseball Network right before we came on. So I was in there waiting they talked about six players, but they didn't bring up Correa. They brought up a lot of other guys. I thought maybe he would be big news, but I guess he's not.
2: Well, maybe they have information that maybe we don't have. I don't know why he wasn't brought up as a as a as a player to extend. I know Brian McTaggart said posted something about. Correa being gone after the season since there hasn't been an extension reached. Uh, And I definitely add that. That just like very upset me. I tweeted back at him. So help me God, Brian. Um, So I think that maybe everyone is banking on him to hit free agency because uh, I don't think a lot of people foresee a uh, agreement being reached before the season. And uh, I mean, that's what Correa said. Is he? It must happen before the season, because once the season starts, he's focused on baseball. He is focused on bringing a championship back to the city. He's focused on winning. You know, the season is his priority, and I mean that's exactly what I want to hear uh, out of my st- starting sh- uh, shortstop and one of uh, our notable offensive producers. Uh, so I just I pray I pray I pray, uh, Mr. Jim click James Click Jimothy Click however you want to refer to him <laughs> as I, I prefer Jimothy um Jimothy click please please extend Korea for the love of God please don't let him walk
1: so some of the numbers I've seen is I don't know what you've seen but I, I've seen possible numbers that he's gonna want or possible numbers that it'll take to keep him I've seen 10 to 12 years between twenty-five and thirty million a year, so like a two hundred and fifty to three hundred million dollar contract. He's twenty-six, so you're talking about thirty-six to thirty-eight years old. And I don't know. Um, I got here. He has not played more than one hundred and ten games in a season yet. Is that the kind of? I mean that that's got to be a bargaining chip for the Astros i mean how can how can i pay you that much when when you can't even play a whole season
2: well i think that's part of the reason why uh, he almost headed to uh arbitration because uh you know I, I mean they haven't seen him play like a full a mostly full season yet and uh, i think that his uh you know predilection to uh Sustain injuries during the season is a huge kind of a block when you talk contract extensions or salary per year. Uh, but um, you know if it were me, if I were going in, like I would absolutely want him to say, so I would say go in like hey, you know we can match uh, we can match what you want. we can come to an agreement but there needs to be kind of protocols in place. This is yes, you can get X amount of dollars. Per season, but that is, uh, that hinges uh, on the fact that like, if you can stay healthy, if you gain, if like, you sustain a serious injury during this season, you know, that's going to change the conversation. That's going to, you know, shift towards renegotiating that contract extension. So I feel like that's what should, you know, maybe there's something like salary deferment that could happen, you know, that he's like that he'll get that money. Maybe there's, you know, opt outs or trades or there's little, uh, I feel like there's things that could be built into that con- like uh, contract extension that could be beneficial for both sides and get both sides uh, close to where they want to be, uh, if not exactly on the dot. Um, but I think that that should be the biggest priority right now for uh, the Astros, because there are other pieces that we want to kind of address. I, I'm sure that, you know, a possible like another starter uh might be something that they're uh might be looking at but um I mean they can do that during the season and Correa has explicitly said because if he reaches regular season he is not sticking around like I I just I don't foresee him sticking around I feel like we're going to see him walk and there will be an upheaval um I'll personally fly down and uh Talk some sense into Mr. Crane and Mr. Click if it looks like he's going to walk.
1: Well, that's what Dallas Keuchel did. You know, he told him, we either get something done before the season starts, or I don't want to talk about it. And he ended up leaving. And, I mean, besides Michael Brantley, I mean, he's the – Brantley's the only one that they've let reach free agency and they actually brought back. But they have not – I mean, they extended Altuve and Bregman, but it included, you know, some of their uh, arbitration years. And, but I mean, if he wants, it, I think it, he does want to stay here. I know that. But it's going to be depending on what he wants. Because if he wants 10 or 12 years, uh, they, they were talking about Francisco Lindor. He was one of them. And so he's sort of uh, Correa's counterpart but uh, he's going to get more money, but he might set the bar because I think he got traded to the Mets, but this is the only season he's going to be there. So they're going to have to extend him as well. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. I I don't think Lindor has a a history of injuries like he does. And I don't know. I just think with the injuries, and I think being 26, he's going to want lots of years. I just don't know if the Astros are going to do it. And uh, but I'd hate to see him go because he really stepped up last year as the voice of the Astros, the mouthpiece, the uh, I mean, he, he was awesome last year. I mean, maybe he didn't play awesome. He did in the, in the playoffs, but uh, but man, he, he's become like the spokesperson and the I don't know what you call it. The picture, not the voice, but the poster boy for the Astros. I don't know
2: yeah i mean he stepped up in a big way he even said you know i want to be an astro for life and he said that on multiple occasions that he wants to stay here you know because this is where you know he was drafted this is who helped develop him this is where he became a man and i definitely like i mean i agree with that because i see a huge <clears throat> i see a huge difference in the way he carried himself the way he, you know he spoke off the field you can tell that there was a uh, there was a lot of a uh, personal growth on his part that took place. Um, and the fact that, you know, he didn't play great last year. I mean, to be fair, nobody played awesome last year. No, I, besides, you know, I can give, I could probably say like Anoli Paredes and like Javier and a bunch of the people who made their debut, they held their own pretty well. Um, not all of the rookies can't, you know, were stunning, but um, I Parades and Javier were up there. Um, but uh, I digress. Back to Correa. Um, I just hope, you know... I I, I don't want to see him go. I don't want to see him walk. That would really just crush me.
1: Well, nobody wanted to see Springer go, and he's gone. They're posting pictures of him, the, the Blue Jays, with his new uniform on. And... I thought it would kill me to have Springer leave because I love him so much. But there's so many guys on this team that I love that I'm over it. I mean, I knew they weren't going to sign him. I, I was already ready for him to leave. And part of me's thinking that, you know, Correa is going to be gone too. And, and I don't know. It's just he's injury prone, and I would hate – just think about that. If they, if they give him 12 years contract and he keeps getting hurt, I mean, people are going to be like, "What a horrible contract!" Well, I don't, is, but... I don't think they're going to do it. I don't, honestly.
2: I mean, I could see them trying to be trying to meet the, him somewhere halfway, do something like a, you know, a ten-year well, contract, not... but but the last two years would be like op- or club options or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's not going to take four years or five years because he's going to be thirty. He's not going to take those. He's, I mean, because they're going to get the big deal before they get old. I mean, he could sign an extension for two years, you know, and then he'll be 29 and then go after the big money. But I don't think so. I mean, these, these teams are starting to, to pay big money to these superstars, trying to keep them around now. And uh, who was that guy from the Padres, The uh, Fernando Tatis? They signed That's him right. for 14 years.
0: Yep, and that, I, think that's the,
1: I think that's the new way to do things. You get a good player because they're going to have to do that to Juan Soto for the Nationals. He was he was one of the guys they talked about. But, I mean, is almost there. I mean, he's 26. He gets hurt a lot. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. I think it helps the Astros that he wants to stay there. That's, that's the only thing I think helps.
2: Yeah, I mean, and possibly we could see something like a, hey, so we're going to offer you a two-year contract or like a year contract because we want to see how this season goes or maybe the next few seasons go and then you know if you can stay healthy and perform at the level we have uh we've seen you perform then you know maybe he gets that additional six years so that mean that i mean that breaks it up it doesn't that maybe gives a little more flexibility for the Astros with their payroll. Cause I mean, they're going to have to kind of consider and start accounting for, they're going to have to invest in starting pitching. Um, I mean, McCullers, they have to think that they, they also have to consider, you know, extending him. There's just a lot of moving pieces. So I think if there was like a short term kind of thing that they could do as kind of like a trial run and then say, okay, well this went well, now we're going to give you more, that would, I mean, that would work.
1: I don't think that's going to happen. And the only reason I say that is because somebody else will give him what he wants if the Astros don't. He's, I don't think he's going to sign a one-year deal with the Astros just to see if he can stay healthy when somebody like the Yankees will give him $26 million for the next 10 oh, years. I, I don't I'll think he'll do it. He's going to go I'll for say- the money. No matter how, how much people want to stay in Houston or they love the fans, they're going to play whoever pays them the most. And that's, that's just the truth.
2: I mean, yeah, I hear what you're saying. If he ends up with the Yankees, I'll set fire to that stadium. I do not care. I'll catch a case for that. Like, mm-mm.
1: There's, two, would... that's, there's two places I didn't want Springer to go, and the do- that's the Dodgers and the Yankees. I, did, I didn't even care if he played for the Rangers. I mean, as long as he didn't go to the Yankees, that would have killed me. But let's oh. move on. Let's move on to... So what's going on here in Houston you know people are losing their water uh it's warm now it's like 74 degrees today and uh people's getting their water on you don't have to boil it anymore the snow's gone we're back to normal um uh, and the Astros were pitching in helping out Houston and you you got a few notes about that right all right so um you know there
2: were two uh there were a few a uh, water pickup or like if you needed water i know that uh bregman and his wife reagan they kind of helped set up a water donation and that was um that was one of the efforts and then uh and a lot of people came together to help that you know uh joe smith and his wife ali the presley's helped in the at uh, like pitched in the astros foundation they all have uh you know stepped up and helped out the people of Houston and then Altuve in Korea, I think they uh what they did was um they were able to provide, you know, meals. It went beyond just the water donation it was uh, meals for uh you know healthy meals for kids all across Houston. And um I mean it's just it's a testament to the I know that it hasn't always been there hasn't always been positive, uh, you know, news on, on you know the, our players or like the culture in Houston, but we have very, very good people playing for us, and any time that uh, Houston has needed them, they have stepped up in a very big way, and I'm just, I, I'm just so, 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 so proud to you know be a fan, and when I see stuff like that, it just makes me so like. I don't know. I just love these guys a lot and what they've done for the city of Houston.
1: It seems like there's always something for them to do for us as well. And there's a friend of mine, uh, Lex. I don't know if you're friends with her on Twitter, the one that does the, uh, the uh, Minute Maid Park tours. Her family did a raffle to raise money. They sold 50 tickets for $25 a ticket. And they they raffled off, I don't know what the math is. I don't know if you can do the math on that, but 50 spots, $25 each. It was a signed Carlos Correa jersey, a signed photograph of Lance McCullers. And this is the sign of the times, a Carlos Correa mask, (laughs) Uh, two Astros baseball. I don't know if they're signed or not. And two custom Astro Starbucks cups. So it's two, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So they gave away seven prizes, it looks like, out of 50 people. So the majority of people that donated one. And they donated all of the money to the Correa Family Foundation for Storm Relief. So she did her part as well.
2: Yeah, 12, it's a... Kind of that uh so you said if it was fifty people at twenty five bucks a pop, that's uh one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars that she was able to donate. So um thank you so much for that. Uh Lex, uh it's greatly appreciated. And that's an amazing.
1: That's a hopefully bargain. she's listening. I don't know where they got the stuff. Maybe it's just their stuff. You know, maybe they're like, Well, let's donate our own stuff. It might be. You know, she's pretty tight with Lance McCullers. He Took his, she took her uh, senior pictures at the ballpark, and he was there in the car, and he saw her, and he's like, hey, you want to go inside? And she's like, oh, my God. And so he took her inside, and she took some pictures with him when she was taking her senior pictures outside the stadium. Uh, let's move on to something, you know, I think there was just a story out. Uh, Brian McTaggart just did it, and I guess because spring training, but predicting the roster. And the Astros have signed a few new guys. You know, we, we're, the guy we're trying to learn his name, c shek There we go. Look at that. We learned it. And uh, Sousa, or what, not Sammy Souza, but what's that guy's <laughs> name? What's that guy's name? Steven Sousa Jr. Mm-hmm. And they're both non-roster invitee. Uh, so they're going to have to make some moves. If these two guys make the team, they're going to make some moves. So, let's start out at catcher. I, you know, see if you agree. I don't know if – because I thought maybe they would use Garrett Stubbs. But when they, when they picked up Souza Jr., because they don't have a lot of outfielders. And you'll, you'll see when we get there. But we have Maldonado and Jason Castro, you know, pretty straightforward. Nothing to talk about there. Yuli Gurriel, uh, Altuve at second, Bregman at third. Correa at shortstop. here's it is. They have Tucker Brantley, and then looks like we're going with Miles Straw, and then Steven Souza Jr., because if they don't use Steven Souza Jr., you're looking at uh, they would have had to use Garrett Stubbs in the outfield. Maybe Chaz McCormick would have had to make the team. So I think that's why that they're predicting him. And I I have not done any research on Souza. I don't even know what position he plays. Can he play all the outfield or do you have any idea?
2: Uh yeah, let me pull that up right now cuz I want to be um I want to be pretty accurate with this. Um he can play outfield his uh career stats. Um, it's a Two thirty-two batting average, seventy-one home runs over his career, to one hundred and three RBIs, forty-two stolen bases, and a point seven three seven OPS. So he has pretty decent, like, offensive stats. Um,
1: I think I remember <laughs> one year.
2: Yeah, left field. A- it might any- have been.
1: <laughs> oh, he plays left.
2: Well, no, he just. Uh, uh, he has. Um, so if we look all the way back, I mean, starting. I mean, because he made his debut uh, in 14, and he was left field, so he played some games at center field. He played some games at, at right field in 2014. Um,
0: okay, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I mean,
2: he's, he uh, has he's experience. He's a good
1: fourth guy, yeah.
2: He has he, a really good experience all the way. Um,
1: and I don't think Garrett Stubbs gives you that. I, know Chaz I don't know if Chaz McCormick does. So this guy's a non roster you know inviting and he, he looks like he's gonna make it he can cover the outfield but this is one thing about Souza: is I think you said he only has like 70 home runs he got like 31 of those in 2017 so I mean the potential's there and he's not even going to be a starter so it really doesn't matter uh just someone to fill in the the holes while these guys take a, a day off here and there but uh then utility, we got Aledmas Diaz and Abraham Toro. Toro's a guy that I thought could with the addition of Souza, could be taken off the roster because yeah. if they go with three catchers, but they went with Toro. Or they didn't go with him. but this is just Brian yeah. McTaggart's prediction. And I don't know if he's always correct, but uh but he made ten starts at third, six at DH. 2 at first and 1 at second and he's a switch hitter so I think he's pretty decent to have on the bench. And DH is Jordan Alvarez. So I mean, do you do you see anyone making the team offensively other than these guys? Uh
2: I don't know. I've never been so as I don't think we have a big enough sample size for Garrett Stubbs but um he's he has he offers more versatility because you don't i like, like Toro can't really do the outfield, Gareth subs can catcher, outfield and he um you know he was with working with Craig Biggio and he's like work done a little bit more work about uh with him uh for second base. Right. So that looks like I mean that I see that Toro, I see Toro, you know, probably being part of the taxi squad, you know, getting down uh, to Sugarland and probably working with them. Uh, Diaz, I think, is a really sure bet in the utility role. Uh, he is just leaps and bounds better. He's a better offensive producer than Toro, Better, definitely a better offensive producer than um, uh, Stubbs. Uh, So, I mean, I think everything is a pretty sure bet but the only like real questions that I couldn't say for sure are, I mean, like catchers, that's solidified Maldonado and we have history with Castro. So those are two very sure bets. It's going to be great to have a good second catcher to give Maldonado a little bit of relief behind the plate because he played a lot of games last year. He worked a lot of innings last year. Um, my only questions would be, I guess, the outfield and the uh, and our pitching situation.
1: Well, let's move to the pitching situation. I, I think the starting pitchers aren't going to change. I think we could have predicted this right after the final game of the year last year. Zach Greenkey, it just depends on what order it's going to be. That's what a lot of people are talking about. And most people, my opinion, when someone asked me, I said Greenkey, out of respect, you know, and he's a veteran. And then McCullers is second, Framer Valdez is third, or uh, and then Christian Javier. And one thing about McCullers, I don't remember the numbers, but there was two games. There was one game where he gave up like six runs, and he didn't oh, get yeah. anybody out. Then there was another game where I think he – I don't know if he had like a no-hitter going, and then he got blown up, but he had two bad games. And if you take, if- those, take those away, his ERA is like one something. So he had a really good year, blemished by two games. And in a longer season with more starts, he'll be able to get rid of those. You know, you can't get rid of them starting, you know, 10 times a year.
2: Yeah, no, I think that we see somewhere between at minimum, at base minimum, we get at least I would say like 15 W's and that's an, on the lower end, but I think we have somewhere closer to like 19 or 20 W's out of him. Um, he's fantastic. It was his first season back after Tommy John. It was a shortened season um, for everything that was uh, for all of the, you know, variables and obstacles, you know, thrown his way. He, and I think one of them was at uh, one of those bad games was at, at uh the ranger's tool shed or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, The giant home depot. I
1: I think one was against the Rockies.
2: Yeah. So it was the Rockies. And then there was one against the one that I remember about, uh, um, in Arlington was, uh, you know, the roof was, it was either like the roof started closed and then it opened or the roof was open and they closed it. And he called them out. He's like, that was, uh, uh, that was ass <laughs> that 's exactly what he said on twitter <laughs> um <laughs> he's one of the most enjoy one of the more entertaining most enjoyable follows um, Cause he just doesn't he is just very animated on there but yeah, I think that that's a pretty safe bet um out of green key you know he is uh he's very consistent when he's dealing he's dealing um and he's rarely not um I think that spot on, that's probably a safe bet for, I mean, unless we see some sort of a miracle and Justin Verlander comes back and pitches at some point, because he did get his Tommy John surgery early enough to where a return at some point in the season is possible. Is it likely? Probably not, but it is possible. And he has expressed uh, just consistently that he is going to work hard. He wants to try and come back and pitch this season. I mean, God bless him if he does. That's incredible. That would be incredible. I mean, he's capable of. At this point, I, I wouldn't put it past him to be able to do something like that. He's a uh, superhuman. I mean, he's a. Uh, I would say maybe the, not quite, uh, where Nolan Ryan is, but he is a pretty darn close like the second coming of nolan ryan almost i would say so he may be able to come back during the season but but as far as the starting rotation uh i can in complete agreement on that
1: another thing about the rotation i was watching major league baseball network and they were actually luckily because i don't watch it all the time but luckily they were they were talking about the A O west and they were talking about something to look for. And they were talking about Altuve would, would would have a bounce back season. Bregman would have a bounce back season, even though to me, I think Bregman always starts slow and the 60 game season, you know, didn't give him that chance, but he did kind of have an off season. And then the other part, one guy was saying the good things and the other guy was saying the pitfalls. And one thing he said is that he does expect Altuve to do better. But he says he took the cheating scandal the worse, and when when, and if they do allow fans in the stadium, he's going to have to deal with it. He's going to have to deal with being booed on the road, and so who knows if he's going to be able to handle it, because he didn't—he couldn't handle it last year. And the other thing they said is this, that the pitfall, like potential pitfall, I think that's what they're calling it, is the starting rotation. He said that Uh, there was only 60 games and then in a 162 game season that they're going to be exposed. And if you remember Christian Javier, who was the finalist for the rookie of the year, you know, he would run out of gas in his games. He pitched good, but he'd run out of gas, but he's going to have to pitch like two or three times more than he did last year. We've never seen her pitch a whole season and i i'm pretty confident in framer valdez i think he's amazing and i'm not worried about him at all not worried about him getting tired uh i'm i'm worried about mccullers getting injured maybe but i'm not too worried about him and then grinky you know is is grinky i mean he doesn't throw very (laughs) hard so i don't think he's gonna get hurt last year the love that i had for grinky went up big time and <laughs> the, and the thing about Grinky is just a cool dude. He's cool to watch, and I don't want to get into this now because it'll take too long. But Grinky and McCullers, if they don't get extended or re-signed, they're going to be gone next year as well.
2: Uh, I I don't see. Yeah, I mean, maybe Grinky gets re-signed on like a two-year deal, but I mean, that's probably the most the Astros would offer him. I think, because uh, he is what he's like, thirty six right now. Mm, thirty. I, he's 36 thirty
1: six or thirty seven. Yeah, he's old. He's not. Um, I mean, he's way younger than I am. But so let's look at the relief pitchers. We got some new faces to go with our super rookies from last year. They signed Pedro Baez, a, a veteran arm from the Dodgers, who eats up a lot of innings. You know, he led the. He led Major League Baseball two seasons in a row. It wasn't last; I think it was 17 and 18, maybe. But he led the he led Major League Baseball in, in games, like appearances. And then we got Ryan Stanek, who we both just saw, you know, on Twitter with long hair, and that <laughs> yes. made us think about that that guy from the Dodgers. That's not pretty. Uh, oh, we got Ry- Ryan Presley going to be the, the closer. Joe Smith. Who sat out last season because of COVID? Didn't want to miss with it. Uh, he's back. So that I mean, if you count Joe Smith, that's three guys we get, three new guys, and then you got Anoli Paredes, who's awesome. Brooks Rayleigh, who nobody wanted. He was he got cut. He went to Korea, not even Japan. He went to Korea. I think the Red signed him, and they cut him, and we picked him up. And Dusty Baker had confidence in him. I think the Astros, I think they gave him a contract in the offseason. It wasn't a lot of money, but, you know, they signed him for another year, I think. And uh, Blake Taylor, and then the new guy, Steve C. that is the eight relievers that they have uh, predicted. Uh, No Osuna, no Peacock, no Chris Davinsky. He can go bye-bye. I don't really care. But the, que- the only question about this, so, so there's Steve Shizek. I shack is I had a question about Austin Pruitt, but he's not even ready to play. We've signed him, and we haven't even seen a pitch yet. And then Josh James is also injured. So there's two guys that when they come back, or when they're ready to come back, what, some of these guys are going to have to go back down. And we'll just see who that is. So there'll be a little bit of drama, you know, maybe someone's tired or whatever, but we've got, I think we've got a really good bullpen. And I think we've got a couple of good guys waiting in the wings. And, uh, I think there's people in minor leagues. I, you know, who's going to have a good pitching staff, the Sugarland Skeeters. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you now.
2: They're going to take triple a by storm. Um, I mean, cause we didn't even mention, so I think, so Presley, I think he, he'll probably, he is the presumed closer, uh, maybe. I don't know, because there's a lot of, of the relievers, the bullpen, almost all of them could probably slot in at, for any need. I, but Presley, I think is more of a, a closer type or like the setup guy. Cause last year he had 12 out of, uh, he got 12 out of 16 saves last year uh, um, in August through the end of the season. He had a 2.08 ERA. And um, you know, they've been like, people have uh, been quoted as, and I think Strom and Baker have said that he's the leading guy for the closer role. Pedro Baez. He is, uh, you know, I don't know where we would see him. He would probably be an innings eater, you know, middle relief. He had a 3.03 ERA in 355 games over his career. Um, I would probably peg Paredes as a setup guy, another setup guy. You know, Joe Smith and Shishek are potential middle relief, uh, middle relievers. Um, Brian Abreu and Stanek could, uh, and that's the thing, you know, we have Brian Abreu we have Andre Scrabb there's so many you know potential potential uh, people in the bullpen um, that uh, it's just they have so many good options I don't think that our pitching staff is going to be a problem because if you know I mean Ben Strom is a very smart man and we have a very good uh, uh, he gets very good support from the analytics department he said because they give him every Free tool that he could possibly need to help these guys out um they anticipate things like that dusty baker knows that because um, he is a very smart man he's been around a very long time so he knows that there's going to be some younger guys that are going to need some support and so i think you're going to see people like stanick like uh Baez, uh and smith uh they're uh they're going to have a lot of you know bullpen games or you know use Javier as a starter if they want to preserve they have so many options uh, in order to kind of skirt around the fact that maybe they don't have I think that they have four good starters or very solid starters Um, because I but Javier like you said is young or Kidi is young so I think that there are the two on the staff that are going to need some support and possibly McCullers, because, you know, it is going to be, uh, be his first full full season back from uh, Tommy John surgery. But uh, he is a, uh, he's a man that puts in work. So I don't foresee him having a problem. Uh, I the one thing hungry.
1: about these young guys, you know, they're young, but, you know, they've played in, um, you know, American league championship games. They played in, uh you know huge spot so they've got a lot of experience that you know normal people don't have and you were talking about the pitchers that didn't make the team and that's what I was talking about as far as uh Sugarland because they there's still Luis Garcia there's you know there's uh Tyler Ivey uh Forrest Whitley Scrub Abreu I mean there are so many good guys I mean, they're going to dominate. They're going to dominate
2: AAA. Well, I think that if okay, if Whitley is not on the major league staff this year, I think we see him gone Because honestly, I-, I want him to work out. Um, and I think part of that he has had an enormous. And Armstrong has said this too, and I think I'm in a very, very much so in agreement with him is that he's had an enormous amount of expectation and pressure heaped on his shoulders. So I think that that may have messed with him mentally, but if he's not a producer this season, if we don't see him as a regular on the major league staff, please get rid of him, trade him by because I don't know that we're going to be able to do him justice. If he can't get it together this season.
1: All right, let's move to this poll that I put on, I put on Twitter earlier. So we both agree. We both pretty much agree with McTaggart on this. Okay. But here's the poll. It's about George Springer. Somebody had mentioned something about the number four. And so oh. I was wondering, I wonder how long it's going to take for them to issue the number four to somebody. I don't think someone's going to take they it already this have. year. They
2: already Who? Pedro Leon.
1: Oh, he already has it? Yep. Well, there you go. That, that didn't take a well, long time. Of... Oh, yeah, he did have it when they signed him, right?
2: Right. Is, it, is he on the 40 man with.
1: roster, though? Uh,
2: let me. I don't think I, he is. I'm pretty sure. But yeah. the thing is, uh, um, I wanted to kind of bring this back up because I failed to mention this earlier. I just wanted to revisit maybe the center fielder or outfielder um, conversation really quickly because I just didn't even throw out the numbers out there.
1: Uh, yeah, he's not so, on the 40 man roster. So he he's doesn't not on the have the roster. Doesn't, he, he doesn't have the number four yet. He's He won't but, get it.
2: A... But I want to make a case for Leon. So he has, uh, he's a very potential, I mean, he's only 22. And yes, he needs some, uh, how he's going to work out in the uh, major leagues is yet to be seen. But he was the top player in the Cuban National League. Uh, one of the top players, and that's uh, Cuba's like top league. That's the, the one of the nation's like premier. Air leagues. Um, he has a .383 batting average uh, with 15 home runs in his final 33 games in the Cuban League. He, I, I personally think he would be a better option for the outfield than maybe Miles Straw would be because I don't really have a lot of confidence in Straw. Straw is great as like a pinch runner. Uh, he's great as like um, Straw would be great for like the taxi squad. Chas Ch- Ch- McCormick, you know, he has a point. Uh, 813 OPS uh, and AAA. You know, he played 54 games in AAA at center field and he committed no errors. So he's also, you know, a dark horse candidate. Uh, I think Pedro Leon and Chas McCormick are dark horse candidates for the outfield, um, but they're also young and they do not have a, a ton of like, they don't have a proven major league experience.
1: Well, if you look at the outfield, we, we just said, I mean, we got Steven Souza Jr. that Really hasn't done anything in the last three years. We've got him making the roster just because we're so uh, weak at the outfield position. So, I mean, if Leon tears it up in minor leagues, I mean, he could go all the way to the major leagues this year. It's possible. Uh, they, there's also another guy named Joe Siri, I believe. I think that's, his, I know his last name is S I R I. And Michael Schwab's been following him, I guess, in the. Uh, the fall league maybe or wherever he was playing, but that guy's tearing it up and he should be up pretty soon. So our outfield future looks pretty good with these guys.
2: Yeah, I think that we um, will be good for a while. Um, so for the, I mean, the spring training roster, uh, you have a Brayu, you buy Blanca uh, Ronel Blanco Hunter Brown uh, Shishek Brett Khan I don't know how to say his last name Sean uh, Dubin Kent Emmanuel, Wright Ry- Riley Farrell Luis Garcia Ralph Garza Jr. I uh, mean Zach Greenkey Austin Hansen, Ryan Hartman <laughs> Henley Blair Tyler Ivy Christian Javier Carson Larue uh, uh, Francis Martez, Seth Martinez Lance McCallers Paredes. Uh, Presley, Rayleigh, oh, my God, we have so many. Uh, I mean, those are just the pitchers. I don't need to go through them all. Um, uh, the outfielders, though, the spring training outfielders, is one. I, they have Alvarez uh, listed as an outfielder. The, they're joking. They're kidding themselves if they think that he's going to be a regular outfielder. He is a, a DH, and that's what we need him to be. Uh, you know, have Colin Barber, who, who got a spring training invite. Zach Daniels, Ronnie Dawson, uh, Brian De La Cruz, Pedro Leon, uh, Jake Myers. Uh, Ronnie Jose Dawson Siri. has
1: been in the Astros minor league system forever. He he was such yeah. a high pick, but I don't know what's wrong with the guy. I thought he'd already be here by now. Sorry to interrupt.
2: Well, you. I, no no no. I'm, so I'm just okay. So just to go over the ones that aren't on the 40-man roster that uh, did get an invite. That's Steven Souza Jr., Jose Siri, uh, Jake Myers. Uh, Pedro Leon, Brian De La Cruz, Ronnie Dawson, Zach Daniels, Colin Barber. So those are the ones. Those are the outfielders that are on the spring that uh, did get a spring training invite that are not on the roster. And then the roster, the people that are on the roster, the outfielders that are on the roster are Jordan Alvarez, Michael Brantley, um, Chas McCormick, Miles Strong, Kyle Tucker. Uh, I don't foresee sh- um, if, if, you know, any of these non-roster guys can outperform. I just don't see Miles Straw. Maybe he sticks around this year. I don't. I don't know. Um, there are some candidates that I think would probably be pretty great for um, like a taxi squad. So maybe we see Miles Straw kind of rotate back and forth between. You know, he's on the. Well, there won't be a taxi
1: There's... squad this year because there will be minor league baseball. So he'll, I mean, he can be in triple A. But Miles My, Straw is going to start center field, and he said he's going to lead the league in stolen bases.
2: Yeah, no, there is going to be a taxi squad that can carry up to five additional players for the taxi squad.
1: Oh, there is. for. Uh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about COVID. They're yeah, just going to follow the guys around? Like, how, how, would they get, how would they get to play? That's weird. I mean, they're already right there in Sugarland. I don't even. Maybe they take them. That's weird. I'd like to see who they put on that. I don't think they're gonna put any good people on there, because these the good people they want to use is more than likely gonna be playing somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you have five really good players just you know in case you need them and then you don't need them? You know what I mean? When they could be playing and getting better. So I don't know. I didn't even know about the Taxi Squad. I know. Whenever they pull guys off the taxi squad last year, it was like Humberto Castellanos, and you know they would just pull people you never even heard of, because they weren't they weren't pulling like uh, Forrest Whitley and these other guys off of it. They were just pulling you know people you never even heard of. So I don't know. That's that's a very interesting twist. I'm glad you brought that up.
2: Plot twist, yes. So I mean. I probably see, I think one of those spots on the taxi squad would probably be given to Toro, because I do not see him making the 26-man roster, just being fully honest. Maybe Stubbs is on the taxi squad, who knows? Uh, but Stubbs probably actually would, because they have expressed their desire to see him get work in at second base. Um, so he will probably end up in sh- Sugar Land, uh, you know, trying to not work it out at second, second base. base. Because he has, um, he's a versatile player. He's uh, he's a smaller dude. I don't really foresee him. He might. He, he's going to go the way of like Craig Biggio, I think, and sh- uh, shift away from that catcher role and into a uh, second baseman or kind of like a uh, like a wouldn't be necessarily utility role, but he is a versatile player, so they might use him in various capacities. Uh, but, yeah, the taxi squad, that's um interesting plot twist.
1: So, anyway, the poll answer for you guys still interested in hearing the answer to this is the majority of people say one year, which would be next year. And it, uh, Yeah, you're right. I remember seeing the press conference. I guess if Pedro Leone makes the team next year uh, coming out of spring training, if he doesn't make it this year, I mean, if he doesn't get called up sometime this year, uh, 38% said one year. And what's funny is the second place with 37% was four years. I don't know why four years, but I just figured this. They're not going to give it, you know, they're not going to call up, you know, like a Garrett Stubbs type guy and give him number four, even though Miles Straw has number three. So that kind of throws that away, but... In Astros' mind, fans and everybody, that number, number three has no special quality to it. It was, I think uh, Kyle Tucker had it, and he didn't want it. He wanted 30. So when that pitcher that we had, I can't remember his name. I could see his face. But when he left and went to the Cubs, if that gives you a clue who that is. Uh, God, what's that guy's name? But anyway, he left, and he took number 30. And then Miles Straw got number three, so I don't know. I I think number four, it's not a special. I mean, I think it's just as special as five and seven. I don't know if they're they won't retire it. I don't think, but
2: I think they'll I'll, retire seven. I don't think that we'll see seven. Well, seven,
1: seven again. Is, yeah, five and seven are already retired. But I'm just saying, like Altuve is twenty-seven going to retired? No, is one is four? Probably not. I mean. I think Altuve, if he gets back to hitting 200 hits and leading the league and batting average and getting silver sluggers and MVPs, I mean, I think he may. Altuve has the best chance. And then Bregman's going to have to put a lot more seasons like he did in 2019 together before he's even in the conversation. But what do we have next? The batting order. While we're talking about these guys, what's your batting order? Do you have that ready?
2: Uh, what, do got, what do you got
1: leading off for the Houston Astros in 2021?
2: Oh, God. This is one that I struggled with so much. But um, batting order. So I would see leadoff as uh, Altuve or Bregman. Um, uh, possibly Kyle Tucker because he was leadoff before. But I mean, that depends on how his. I feel like uh, that'll probably be determined by the end of uh, training camp, and I know you and I discussed this, uh, you know, previously. But um, Dusty Baker is not afraid to kind of move them around, you know. Uh, so the leadoff, uh, it could be. It's right funny when when, when you
1: when you make the lineup. This is. This is a problem you have when your team is this good, okay? Like, let's look at mine, just to interrupt you real quick. I have, and this is the example I want to show you. I have Altuve, Brantley, and Bregman hitting one through three. And the reason, like, some people have Brantley at six. And Brantley's a 300 hitter. you got to have that guy at the top of the lineup. He's not going to lead off. But you got to have him up there, in my opinion. And I think there's nowhere for Altuve to be except leading off. So I have Altuve leading off, Brantley, Bregman to drive him in, and Jordan Alvarez at number four. That's where he was his rookie season. And then my first idea was to have Kyle Tucker hit number five. But someone pointed out, you know, you you might want to split up the two left-handed bats. And so I put Correa at five and Tucker at six, and then it's Yuli Maldonado and Straw. But the, but what I was going to tell you is you you start making this schedule, you start making this lineup, and you're like, oh man, like Kyle Tucker could lead off, and I got him at six. You know what I'm saying? And like, let me move him up. Okay, you move him up, and then Correa is hitting seventh, and Mm-mm. Jordan's hitting fifth. I mean, it just. It's just miss It's just hard. It just it's hard. I mean, because Tucker was the only guy really last year. I mean, he led the team in RBIs. I, he probably led the team in hits. He kind of tailed off in the in the playoffs. The the real men stepped up in the playoffs. But I mean, he he carried us last year. He did great. And he, I got him hitting sixth and right in front of Yuli Uh. So all
2: right. So I. I don't think that I disagree with uh Brantley hitting well I mean that depends on where you put Jordan Alvarez because traditionally it was what Brantley hitting third if I'm not mis- cuz it was last year it wasn't wasn't it like Springer uh Altuve Bregman Ben Brantley I don't know um I have a, a tr- trouble kind of remembering that exactly but uh, the more likely scenario, I think, would probably be Altuve, Bregman. Uh, if you want to break up the bats, the left-handed bats, you might see... Who would you see moved up to the number four slot if it wasn't Jordan Alvarez at fourth? Because you could slot in Jordan Alvarez at fifth uh, and then put in...
1: What's funny video. is... What's funny is, uh, you know, we are discussing this and Dusty Baker is not like him. He's going to move it around. You know, he'll say, you know, let's get, let's, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think Tucker could really lead off, but then that would push Michael Brantley down to the six hole. And that's just too far to push someone down that hits 300. I mean, somebody has to hit sixth and that would be Correa. I mean yeah. he hit that go- low last year, so I mean maybe Korea bat sixth and Tucker moves up there. I don't know.
2: Yeah, uh I could probably like I, for the most part I could agree with uh your lineup. Uh I would probably see um Brantley is a third hole hitter. But I mean, it makes sense, like you said, to break up the left-handed bats, and I think it'll change. I don't know that it'll be. You'll see some iteration of the same group of people, and it will change because uh, Desi Baker is said. You know, he. I mean, he's an old school guy, but he is with the new school, and he who do, does uh, get help from. I know that he uh, leaned a lot on like Joe Espada to kind of help him out with some of that in the analytics department. Um, it just depends on who is pitching that night, kind of who it'll vary from game to game. Um, Cause I think they're going to be really strategic about how they use our guys this year. Um, you know, and I think that uh, if we play our cards, right. Which I think after the sub 500 season last year, going to be a lot better, a little bit more put together because we have a full blown spring training this year uh, we'll see oh before uh, that's another thing I wanted to ask you about so you said that there was a you know they predicted the the people have put out you know their projected wins and losses and they had what the Astros at 93 and I think that that is so that is low-balling them they are capable of at least 103 wins and I say that because I mean, there's not a bad bat in our lineup. Everyone is going to come back stronger this year. We have, an, between our starting pitching and our bullpen, we are capable of producing at least that many wins. So I think that 103 wins this season.
1: Well, next weekend, we will do the Pocota ranking show. We'll, we'll, we'll look at the rankings. We'll kind of dive into the, you know, the American League more than the National League uh see why they have them, like additions and free agencies, people they lost and and just see why they think this, but I know they got the Astros predicted to win the west, and I believe they have the angels second and yeah, the, I believe
2: and
1: the, that yeah, oakland a's third, and i I know i don't the the, the uh, Rangers have zero chance, and neither do the mariners it's a three team race, but I mean, I think I would bet an entire paycheck that the Astros would win the West. That's how confident I am.
2: Yeah, um, if I could see, oh, I mean, I don't really have a ton against the Angels. I'm a little miffed at the Brad the season we had, and uh, season where Brad Ausmus was at the helm because he acted like a little baby. Um, there's that one, and I feel like the three batter minimum. I don't know if that's still in effect for this season, but the three batter minimum, I feel like was enacted because of him. Because there was one game in the 2019 season where he, it was from like pitch to pitch and they were losing so badly. And he still wanted to give us a hard time. It was like, even before the uh, Jake Marismic, uh, Lacroix or Lacroix um, incident, even before that, he was a bit of a a bit of a stick in the mud he wasn't a really he just was so difficult to deal with Uh, but I feel like the Angels yeah so Astros first Angels second um, and if the rest of the teams could tie for last I'd be happy because I hate the Rangers and I have no problem saying that Um, they're from that toilet city Arlington and I don't mind saying that either because the only good thing about that city is some of their restaurants and Six Flags that's it that's the only redeeming qualities
1: All right, Michelle, that's all we have for today. Um, Welcome to the team. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We almost went an hour there, so you guys have all week to digest this information. Listen to half of it on your way to work, the other half on the way back, and uh, I hope you enjoyed your first day on the job, Michelle.
2: It was an immense pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: All right, guys, we'll see you next week. I'm sure I I mean unless we do one during the week we will see Uh, but for sure we'll look over that Pocota rankings next weekend and try to dive into uh, why uh, Pocota predicted certain teams to win and uh, of course the stupid Yankees they always they always predict them higher than they should be just (laughs) I don't know why but anyway thanks a lot folks for tuning into this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to send in your submission, Astros Baseball Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to win that t-shirt from ramshirts.com or that spectacular, amazing, awesome, fun to drink out of seventy dollar dugout mug. We'll see you next time, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator